Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. Welcome to Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Adam Staszynski. First up on this week's episode, we'll be spotlighting a new podcast called the Black Businesses Matter Podcast, which celebrates black voices and champions black businesses around Chicago. And we're joined now on Score Values on 670 The Score by Larvetta Lofton. She is the host of the new Black Business Mat- Black Businesses Matter podcast. So, Larvetta, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Let's just start at the top here. The Black Businesses Matter podcast. It's, it's a new podcast. So, I, first off, tell me why you decided to start this. Absolutely. Yes, it is new. We just reached a year old. I'm super excited. I started the podcast um, merely because I'm actually a former broadcast journalist, and I knew that I had a love for the radio TV world. And in the midst of COVID and the things that were occurring during COVID with the injustice, you know, I was able to connect with my community as someone who has been an entrepreneur for, you know, several years, over 10 years, running an agency and really being connected to my community and making an impact in every way that I can, you know, as a marketer, Mm -hmm. I wanted to connect to my community. And so during COVID, we did um, live every week to really just keep people abreast of what um, black businesses were being faced with, talking to thought leaders, what should we be doing? Um, I was told that, you know, currency is made in a crisis. So really talking about that. So we started doing that every week and then um, we stopped. We got tired of video and we wanted to create something that as things open up, that we did not forget the value that black businesses bring to communities. Mm-hmm. Um, merely it's, it's the first job for some people that live in those areas. It's the first place where they gain skills because often what we don't know is black businesses are the largest employers of black people. And so we have the ability to really continue to make an impact and really create equity in places that weren't fair. So I wanted to really do a podcast where I could bring amazing thought leaders, um, faith leaders, DNI practitioners, and just people who are advocates in supporting and, and making sure that um, black businesses are part of their supplier channel as we open up because there was so much money being given. There were grants, there was all of this. And then we felt like, okay, when things get back to normal, Will black businesses and minority businesses still be at the forefront to make an impact? So 
where do you feel there's a gap then when it comes to black businesses? Yeah. So there is a major gap because what we don't know is that there are several ways that a black business is created. One is they are pushed into it because they were laid off. They were too not you know, treat it fairly. Um, they weren't being paid fairly. Um, they had to undergo a major circumstances, you know, love one got sick. And so entrepreneurship was their path to be able to create wealth. And so what it ha- has happened over the, you know, 20 years of me being an entrepreneur, I've watched people become entrepreneurs and I've been fascinated by the stories. So what I found was that we knew these businesses exist, but we didn't know the stories behind them. We didn't know the why behind them, why they started it. And many of our black business owners were never featured. They were never featured on any platform, radio, TV, you name it. But they were doing amazing work. And we thought that their work should be celebrated and should be told because the stories that we've been able to meet with people are just absolutely fascinating in how they are creating scholarship funds so neighborhood kids could go and achieve their dreams. Many of them are creating um, wealth opportunities. They're hiring black people so they can go and purchase homes and Mm -hmm. they can be, you know, um, they can, they can be the, the wealth provider for their, their, their homes. And so that story was not being told. Um, a lot of the stories that we hear, we love our musicians. We love all this, but we haven't really understood that many of these new musicians are built in a business and a foundation mm-hmm. that those stories have not been told. And we felt that it was, it was time that it was time that we tell these stories for many of them during COVID. Many businesses are thriving. The reason why, the other reason why I, I, I was passionate about telling the story was because, well, telling black businesses um, matter and, and black stories was because I followed um, the Forbes list in 2008 with the financial crisis. Mm. And I saw all of these amazing businesses that were started as a result of the crisis. Well, what I noticed was that um, I didn't see enough black businesses there because we were not being able to, be, you know, our great affair. We have lack of access. We have lack of um, resources. We have all these things. And so I said, what about we created this podcast where there could be a black and brown Forbes list, that there were businesses that were created during a crisis like the pandemic and that are thriving. And so what would that look like? And so I thought it was necessary. And we've been doing this. And I remember one of our guests and sponsor, he said, what would it look like if, if black businesses were overfunded? Because overfunding is more than just money. It's, it's resources, it's staffing, it's operations, it's HR. It's those services that we're never giving um, fair opportunities because oftentimes we see, you know, black businesses in the food industry, but we don't see the whole totality and the whole story of that black business. Oh, that sounds so fascinating. And so you mentioned that you, you typically do these podcasts live, correct? I do them. Well, let me say this. I do them every week. So we record them. We're doing our first live event where we're coming out of okay. the office to be able to, you know, connect with people face to face. But we typically um, we're recording every Friday, um, but we were doing live um, live videos during COVID when people were stuck in because people wanted to see mm-hmm. people. People wanted to see that people were vibrant. So we were doing that previously before we switched to, you know, a full podcast that was an audio and really giving it its own personality. At the time during the pandemic, we were just really just trying to solve a problem with people being able to connect. Mm-hmm. And so we thought that that was important. And so we evolved 
that um, which the former name was Crisis Currency Roundtable. And we evolved out of that um, to now the Black Businesses Matter podcast. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I remember during the, the height of the pandemic, you're just kind of looking for as much interaction yeah. as you can get. So that must that that, that so- it sounds like it really would have helped fill fill that fill that need. So, well, the reason I bring that up is because this coming Thursday, February 16th, you are having this this live event that you are referencing. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm excited. It's my first time coming out as this podcast host um, of Black Businesses Matter. Um we're hosting this event. There's, you know, we're going to record. Um, they are not live. Um, we are going to record. They put too much pressure on me on gotcha. the state of economic inclusion. And I'm excited. We have um, Andy Zop, um, Andrea Zop, who is a managing partner at Cleveland Avenue, which is a VC firm in Chicago. And so they've launched a fund called Casta. So they're really talking about this this opportunity to include, you know, many black businesses so that they continue to advance the work that they do as business leaders. And then we have Marcus Miller, who is a VP of equity um, officer for the Obama foundation. And so the reason why it was important to bring both of those leaders to the table is because both of them are making an impact um, in the economic space. One is, you know, building this incredible um, library on the South side of Chicago and ensuring that black businesses, you know, are part of that ecosystem and at least 60% of that, because we know what the South side means for many, you know, many of the residents that live there, but making sure that there are black businesses that are part of that, um, you know, overall campaign and investment. And so we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to have fun. Um, We're going to celebrate black excellence. We have a number of um, business leaders who run, you know, big companies, really, really large companies. Um, some of them, you know, I, I'll just throw out some of them coming from Millhouse Engineering Construction Company. Um, we've got um, Curl Mix, which they've been on Shark Tank. So we're bringing some of our past guests um, back into the building to really connect with people who really want to celebrate Black History Month because it is during Black History Month mm-hmm. of really being able to collaborate. The reason, the other reason why I built the podcast was because I wanted to serve that the podcast be a bridge for collaboration and an opportunity for people to collaborate more with Black businesses. We're not saying taking that we'd be separate, but how can we be included in this ecosystem of inclusion? And so really bringing this to be a day of currency, a day of collaboration, a day of connection, all in one room. Um, we have um, two amazing um, liquor brands. We have Love Corkscrew, who is a wine um, black company. Um, tequila, Disbelief Tequila, which is a black tequila brand that is sold, um, that is global, but they do a lot of distribution in Chicago and Tennessee. So really being able to be held on the south side of Chicago, which I think is just the mecca to black businesses, or at least we want to service-based businesses. So we're excited. Um, it is February 16th. That's from 6 PM to 9 PM. Um, you know, people can learn about it, um, multiple ways. Um, we certainly have it on our website at the L3agency.com. Um, it's on Eventbrite. If you search black businesses matter, um, we just wanted to do something, you know, because the world was closed for so long, um, for many of us who maybe frequent the South side, you know, it's some dark places. I mean, it's very desolate. A lot of businesses have closed down and shut down. And so it, it's a, it has been a sad moment for many of us. 
And I think that's the part that we wanted to bring light back into those communities and be able to see that they are, there is black excellence within, you know, these various sides. And I want to make sure that people understand that, you know, I'm born and raised in Chicago on the, you know, low end of Chicago, but I frequent outside of Chicago. I'm not one that just, while I live on the South side, I frequent the West side, I frequent the North side. And I just want more and more people to live like that, to be able to frequent other sides, to support those sides, buy from them, um, have services that they can um, render out of those um, areas. That's important for us. And that's where we want to talk about inclusion. And really this idea of separation has been going on for so long. But when do we change? And I think coming out of pandemic, some of us, many of us are still standing, still have businesses, still have an opportunity to make an impact. That's great. And so just a, a a couple more questions about the this event itself. So it's it's in Hyde Park, correct, at Polsky yes. Exchange North. Yes. And and you mentioned how people can sign up through Eventbrite and uh, through your the L three agency website, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. And, and so the, is this is there a cost to attend the there event? There is. Okay. There is a cost. Um, the cost is I, the one to say that cost is one hundred fifty dollars, and I'm only saying that because we had an early bird rate. Um, and so now I believe it is now um, at 150. We have food, we have drinks, we're going to have a recording, we have connections. So it's just going to be a night. And I, let me say this, Adam. And the mm-hmm. other part is we want folks to get dressed up. So we want you to pull out, um, you know, for the women that that black dress that's been sitting there for some of us. It might be a little snug because you know we're all coming out of the pandemic. <laughs> um, and for my men, you know. We want you to come as dapper as you like to come, whatever that is. And I say that because, you know, nowadays we don't have to wear suits. We can wear our sneakers with our pants and a cool hat. And so Mm. we just want everyone to come and have a good time and enjoy themselves and experience black excellence for one night um, in a place that we believe their connections um, will be had. And this is Score Values on 670 to score. We're speaking with Larvetta Lofton. She is the host of the Black Businesses Matter podcast. We were just speaking there about a, an event they have coming up on Thursday, February 16th in Hyde Park, a, a recording for the podcast, plus, the, you know, as we've been talking about, a, a big event in itself. Something else I wanted to ask you, though, Larvetta, you're a black business owner yourself, so I'm curious what some of the biggest barriers of success are that, that you've noticed? So, you know, for someone who, you know, has been committed to um, making sure that there is inclusion as a marketer, run a marketing company and making Mm -hmm. sure that we are being culturally sensitive in how we market to um, and help our, help our clients to market to their customers or their stakeholders. And one of those biggest barriers that I see is really, it, it comes from a place that I think is around equity and fairness. Um, if we look at it from the standpoint in access. So if we look at it from the standpoint of when a black business may start their business next to someone who is non-black, it's not fair um, because there are things that, um, you know, that another black business can receive, whether that's um, capital resources, whether that is loans, personal savings, et cetera, because they're impacted by credit scores, right? Mm-hmm. And so those credit scores will then impact them to be able to what? Be able to get capital so that they can hire people. 
Um, a lot of black businesses are faced with that in I too is how do you staff up? How do you scale up? And you scale up when there's acquisition opportunities, when someone could potentially say, I want to acquire with you, put some money into your account. Together we collaborate, we build this company. Now you have access of a robust machine that could fill you with HR, which you've never had, um, and operations that you've never had. So many of our black businesses are bleeding in some cases because they really don't have that level of fairness in how they'll be able to do their business because they built this business nearly, as I mentioned, um, as perhaps they were pushed out, they were laid off, they were undervalued. And so this was their way to say, I need to um, care for my families. I have to make a living for my family. So I want to open up this business. And when I think of service-based business, which I'm a service-based business, we really saw that to be something that was invisible. We saw all the things that the city had provided for a lot of our our brick and mortars, which we say is very important. Never want to take that. But there were service-based businesses that were helping them, whether that was legal, whether that was marketing, whether that was HR. And there are amazing, outstanding service black businesses that are making a difference because as a unit, they're the largest employers of black people. Mm -hmm. And they hire from the community. I can tell you this. That show that, um, you know, you know, businesses, you know, in the 70s and 80s, um, even in the 90s of, of Chicago, is that people worked within one to five miles to their homes and they were a local black business. But when you don't see that anymore in these in these marginalized communities, what has happened is that many of those people are going to get skills in other other areas and other neighborhoods. So they spend a lot of transportation, which is eating a lot of their costs. So we really have to really think closely around service-based businesses because service-based businesses really help, I think, fuel our brick and mortars because there's just services that they need to be able to function that business and at, you know, at full capacity. And when you talk about barriers, it's barriers as, as much as during COVID. Many of our black brick and mortar just couldn't keep their doors open because many of them were not online. Many of them were not giving, you know, didn't know how to get on the food delivery services. They were unaware of that because that, that kind of information is not given in those communities. So when you talk about it from an act, from an equity standpoint, it's unfair that it's one side of the area of Chicago that lacks Wi-Fi. There is a mm -hmm. part of an area in Chicago that lacks Wi-Fi. So how can that business thrive? It can't. And so that level of barrier really hurts our businesses, hurts our families, impacts wealth, impacts, um, you know, for Chicago um, real estate. It impacts all of that because one of the things that I say is vibrant businesses create vibrant neighborhoods. And when you look at, and these are businesses that we all look to, to be able to do it. We see it in other neighborhoods and they are businesses that become the cornerstone to people to meet, to connect, to show up for. And so I think it's important that we continue to make this to be the cornerstone of these marginalized communities and really celebrate and invite more services inside of that ecosystem. Wow. That's so much fascinating information there. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. So, and that's, that's, that's something that, I guess I never really thought about there that you mentioned that there's a part of 
the city of Chicago. I mean, this is the the third largest city in the country that doesn't have Wi-Fi. And that that has to be such an extraordinary barrier like you were talking about, because, you know, specifically if you're a restaurant, say so much of your sales for restaurant these days are are online. And so if you don't, you know, if you don't have access that way, I mean, that's such an extraordinary barrier. It is. And many of our business, but we didn't know that till COVID happened, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't know this, that that even existed. I didn't either, Adam. I didn't know that there were parts in the city of Chicago that didn't until we started to see the suffering and and the the fees, um, because there is a such thing as price gouging, right? That when you said barrier, there were costs, there were fees being given to certain communities that were not the same fees in a different community. Those things are happening, happening. Mm -hmm. And so we have to expose this and understand that. So then how does that business be able to to make sure that their families are able to eat, right? That they're mm-hmm. able to go, they're able to make payroll. They're able to pay taxes. All of those things make up a business owner. And we just haven't seen that in its totality. And oftentimes we're looking for them to have this, like why you don't have this? Because those sort those resources are not, in these communities. And when I think about equity, I always think that the other part of equity is goodness. Goodness should be for everyone. It should be for everyone. Mm -hmm. But we've been misguided to believe that it hasn't been for everyone. Um, And so that has greatly impacted, you know, owners, black business owners to be able to do the things that I truly believe that they were you know, they enjoy that they love to do. And I and what we also found too, Adam is the passion that business owners have, I am just amazed. I mean, mm-hmm. the passion that they share um, just is so inspiring. And so to be able to hear those stories and to know that these stories, you know, perhaps were never told, but they're now being told. And, and I mean, I remember one of our, uh, he was a, a math teacher and opened up a popcorn shop. And he just wanted to do that all his life. But he, what he realized is that those students that he was teaching were coming into the popcorn shop to do their homework. Those are the stories that um, we get to hear and, and we, get to, we get to hear and be inspired um, that that popcorn shop isn't just a shop that just popcorn, but it becomes a safe space for some students to be able to do their homework because they're in communities that lack those kinds of resources at home. That to be able to have those lives. So those businesses become sometimes a safe haven to some of those communities that don't have the same resources as many of us. Wow, that's 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 a great story. I'm glad that you brought that up. So, uh, Loretta, we're, we're starting to run out of time here. So the last thing that I'll I'll ask you for if, if anyone wants to to check out your podcast against the Black Businesses Matter podcast. Where is it available? Is it available on pretty much any podcast platform? Yep, on any platform. um, Black Businesses Matter. um, You will see a lovely face um, pop up who happens to be mine. (laughs) Um, And so that pops up and you can check out our episodes. Um, And we've been doing this. We're in our our fourth season. Um, So we've, you know, created different seasons. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lorvetta. This is a a fascinating conversation. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. You have a great one. Again, that was Lorvetta Lofton. She is the host of the Black Businesses Matter podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is Score Values on 670 The Score. I'm Adam Staszynski. Up next, the issue of diversity in the NFL has been a bit of a hot-button topic in recent years. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell held a press conference this last week where that issue again came up, but in an area that you might not expect. Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes discussed that issue in that press conference moment this past week. Jim Trotter, who works for NFL media, like works for NFL.com, works for NFL Network, had a really good come-to-Jesus speak-to-power moment with Roger Goodell concerning NFL Network. Hey, Roger. uh, Jim Trotter, NFL Media. Um, You and other league officials have said that the league's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion extend beyond the sidelines and beyond the front offices and is applied to all aspects of the company. I've worked in NFL media for five years. During those five years, we have never had a black person in senior management in our newsroom. That's a problem because we cover a league who, according to league data, the player population is 60 to 70 percent black, which means that there is no one who looks like these players at the table when decisions are being made about how they are covered. More concerning is that for a year plus now, we have never had a full-time black employee on the news desk, which again is a problem because we cover a league whose player population is 60 to 70 percent black, according to league data. I asked you about these things last year, and what you told me is that the league had fallen short and you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this. And yet a year later, nothing has changed. You know, James Baldwin once said that I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And so I would ask you as an employee, when are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management, and when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? Well, Jim, um, I am not in charge of the newsroom, um, so I, what I think the, the – can I answer your question? As you point out, it's the same question you asked last year. And we did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league, and we are looking at everything from vendors that we're working with to partners that we're working with to ownership where we've seen significant changes in diversity just this year. And I'm not specific, do not know specifically about the media business. We'll check in again with our people, but I am comfortable that we made significant progress across the league. I can't answer the specific questions. Some of the data you may have raised there may be accurate, maybe not. Last year I was told some of it wasn't. We'll get to you on that. We want to make progress across the board, and that includes in the media room. And so those are things that we'll continue to look at and hopefully make real progress to. I can't answer because I do not know specifically what those numbers are today. Wow. Maybe accurate, maybe not. So you have the audacity to tell him he could be wrong about his own workplace? Right. That you don't know anything about, according to you. That he doesn't know who senior management at NFL Network and his, is. At his own workplace, you're questioning the veracity of a report, a professional report, a veteran professional reporter. Asking a follow-up question asking, from a year ago. You think he didn't get his ducks in a row before he's, he stood in front of the public to ask, essentially, his boss a question? You talk about speaking truth to power? Damn. And with the James Baldwin quote in there? Fam, Ooh. fam, let me tell you. And it's a great James Baldwin quote that he pulled, too. That is. And and look, I've got friends who work over at NFL Network, and 
you'd be surprised at the lack of money that the NFL puts into the NFL network. Really? You'd be Dan, you'd be shocked. Considering the amount of money that they make and that it's one of the vehicles, it's not the most important vehicle because obviously they have the broadcast partnerships, but they don't put a lot of money into that thing. They should. I, I think it's a vehicle that that has a money-making capability, but I love that Jim Trotter was like, consequences be damned. I am not in charge of the newsroom, um, so I, what, I think the, the – can I answer your question? <laughs> You're kind of in charge of it, though, Raj. Like you say, Goodell, um, I, that was terrible. It was a really that, awful answer. And, and what he could have said was, I, to the extent that I'm responsible for it, I've failed in that regard. And, and Jim, you're right. I should have done a better job following up. I promise you I will follow up after our comment. Let's have a conversation because Roger's known to do that with people. Mm-hmm. I should know because I've had that conversation with Roger and his people after a press conference. They're more than happy to come talk to you and ask where you're from and who you work for. That's it for this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of the show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, send us an email at scorevalues670 at gmail.com. That's scorevalues670 at gmail.com. I'm Adam Staczynski. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Score Values on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.